Welcome to Please Be Advised. This week we'll be discussing rebranding. Greg and I actually had a very interesting experience this summer where we rebranded for a firm. Do you want to talk about the details of that, Greg? Start over. <laughs> what happened? I didn't know you were going to throw it to me like that. <laughs> oh, I said that. I said that that's what I was going to do. I literally said that. Okay, fine. I'll just do it all. Okay. <laughs> On this episode of Please Be Advised, Greg, Rebecca, Jessica, and Katie discuss rebranding and pivoting for your company. Welcome to Please Be Advised. This week, we're going to be discussing rebranding your company. This summer, Advisable Group, which um, Greg and I are both work for, we did a rebranding of firm's uh, brand and website. Their website and their brand and just their general message were not very cohesive. So we were hired to rebrand and repivot. Some of the, it was a very interesting experience when you say so, Greg. Yeah, it was very, very interesting. We went in there, had a meeting. It was a lot of planning. It was so uh, much planning. It was so much planning. <laughs> it was so much planning. But it, it, it ultimately turned out into a great thing. And, and we think it's pretty good the way it came out. Yeah, and I think part of the hard part of of the entire process was trying to convince people that what like what actually needed to happen. I think what happens in companies that are you know successful, you know, once you make it past 10, 15 years, you're obviously a successful company. Companies get stagnant in the sense that they it's the idea if it's not broke, don't fix it. But yeah, you know, exactly. But the demographics change and the industry changes and you and technology changes and um, aesthetics change. And I think that's the problem with a lot of companies is they don't think that they need to change right away because things have been so successful for so long. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think that your website is like a living document. It should be updated 100%. constantly. So, yeah, even if you even if you just put in a huge, huge work and, and did it maybe like five years ago, that doesn't mean that you can't update it you should really update your website regularly yeah um, so this firm this firm hadn't updated the website in five to seven years that's not a long time given the technology changes in the last yeah. five years alone yeah also just like the the aesthetic in general i think if you look at most websites everything's like very streamlined very minimal granted you know there wasn't a lot of options um when that website was made but at the same time it, it needed to go need to be updated with the times yeah, so basically we, we ran a strategy session where we basically checked out their website. We sat down with the, the owner and the partners and we figured out exactly what they want to be and what they're striving to be. And like we found and we found that there was a lot of obsolete kind of aspects of their business that they we were able to drop and it and it was just kind of dead weight and they were branding and trying to reach out to clients that they weren't ultimately working for. So it, it, they were putting effort in, into the wrong areas when by kind of discussing and really fleshing out where their clients were coming from and where their business was coming from, we were really able to like hone in and focus on who we want our clientele or who they want their clientele to be in the future and who we need to be actually marketing to. Yeah, uh, this was this was even more than a rebranding to me. This was a establishment of a brand. <laughs> reestablishment, restructuring. That being that being said though, they because they're such a successful company and they do have like very loyal clients and um, they're very well liked in their industry. It wasn't even that hard in the sense that they did have a brand. We just needed to really pull it to the surface. Like they did yeah. have there was a general thought and idea about them. It, it just needed really to be restructured. And companies change, obviously, over the years. Absolutely. So 
So, you know, as a company changes, and if, if the change is super drastic, which this company had had, then you really need to restructure and rebrand. Yeah, they had a baseline. They just were not very cohesive. Yeah. Across all their brands, which is social media and, and the website and who they're trying to market to. So we sat them down, we ran through some statistics, we show them the market is doing, we try to figure out who they're trying to sell to. And, and yeah. it was very, very eye-opening for them. And and we got to a point where we were able to go in a direction that we think they're happy with. And the numbers are showing that it did work. Yeah, how long has that has the new website been up for? I would say it's been up for about a month. And we would have already have 50% increase in traffic. 50% increase in traffic. Yeah, that's really good. The other issue, which is kind of why rebranding was even necessary, was they got to a point where all their clients, for the most part, were coming in through referrals. At a certain point, you know, you kind of exhaust your networks. You really, a company needs to com- constantly be expanding its networks to, you know, bring in more pools of people and yeah, get they all need their to diversify. Yeah, you need to diversify 100 yeah. percent so yeah no it was it ended up being really successful what would you say that one of the harder parts of the job was getting the owner on the same page getting everyone on board i think really what the issue was is just establishing a the same language that everyone was communicating in and i think right. once we were able to establish exactly what we were doing exactly what we were looking to to change once we were able to figure out exactly that and express it in the same way i think everyone was able to communicate a lot easier yeah. So once, like you said, once we started communicating this, these things that we're trying to do, they started seeing the value of what we're offering. And I, I think they're very happy with the end product. Um, yeah. So we started out with, um, well, we started out obviously looking at the product that we had, which was this company. And then we we really looked at what was lacking in the brand. Definitely. They, they didn't really have like a visual representation that like, if so, you know, obviously with any logo or brand that if you just look at the company, you see the colors, you see the logo, you see the fonts and you're able to identify in your own head what you're looking at. So we really wanted to establish a cohesive brand throughout um, all the social media all of their documents, all of the billing, like just everything you look at have the same visual identifiers that connect the whole the whole company together. Yeah, we, we felt that the website didn't really speak to who they were. No, not even. Yeah. <laughs> so once we were able to establish the aesthetics that we needed to change, we also branched them. We had to talk about the clientele um, and who they actually wanted to do marketing to. And that really influenced what we how we changed the website and where we tried to push the brand direction. Um, uh, we also revamped the social media. That's another thing that I've noticed a lot of more established companies that are kind of older don't do as much. But a lot of, and then we also real, but we did look into the into the statistics and we found that most of their clients were ages eighteen to thirty five, I believe. Oh yeah, we we, we checked out the analytics and and yeah. a lot and of the clientele is not who they thought they were. Yeah, exactly. The a lot of the clientele were millennials, for lack of a better term. Right. And millennials use social media, as we all know, <laughs> and so they weren't, you know, they weren't speaking to that that part of of millennials yeah and one of one of the things they didn't have was a client survey which we've also put in place yeah, a client survey it's the survey we believe is going to help them find out who their clientele is even more yeah and, and, and even in what they're what they need to improve on obviously um yeah, absolutely. They, yeah they hadn't been getting enough client i mean there's a reason that literally every time you go somewhere and do anything you get an email about a survey because <laughs> right. um, those are those are helpful for everybody to just see what's going on yeah i mean data is always helpful for the most part. Yeah, do we have any statistics on branding? Throw some data at us, guys. Throw some data at us. (laughs) Katie, what you got? 
All right. Well, so when you're looking to create a brand for your company or product, there are a few things that you should put a little extra thought into. Um, one of them would be your brand's image, of course, your logo. So science has shown that our brain processes images 60,000 times faster than words, which is why it's really helpful to use images or pictures, um, designs, and logos rather than just words. Um, it's also really important to pick a signature color that you're going to use consistently throughout your brand. That'll increase your likelihood of brand recognition by up to like 80%. Yeah, this is what yeah. that's what we did. Yeah, we didn't actually create a logo for them. We did, however, get a color that mm -hmm. speaks to the brand. And, and yeah, and then we to to. and then we used it on and you know we incorporated it on every platform. For There's the actually a, a lot of study and science behind colors and brands. So we went into that. Some of some of us believe it more than others. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it to a certain extent. I mean, like there's certain color. There's really, as far as most things are concerned, though, there's not a lot of colors that are actually off limits. Well, Jessica, you, you have a stat, right? You have a stat about brand recognition and color? Oh, Starbucks. Well, yeah. so the Starbucks green is obviously their signature color. That's something that's considered or that's always um, correlated with Starbucks or not always correlated with Starbucks, but that's something that... Yeah, you shouldn't use the colors. Yeah. Yeah. So like when you're creating a brand for your own product, you want to make sure you're picking a color that's not taken, essentially. Yeah. So don't choose Starbucks green. If you want to also have, let's say you're opening up a coffee shop, yeah. you should not choose Starbucks green. Maybe go with blue or red or a different shade of green. Yeah. Um, not 100%. But if you're doing a jewelry company, don't make it Tiffany's blue. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, well, Starbucks, actually, they even got really um, confident in their logo and they dropped their name entirely from the logo. And it's just the mermaid now. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's actually a siren fun fact. So, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It is a siren. <laughs> but they had, to, they had to, they cut it from, even Starbucks though, right, has rebranded itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, many times over the, the boss years. Level. You can just go by one name or no name. What, when you can just go by Starbucks and not like Starbucks Coffee Company? <laughs> yeah. That's or what no I'm serious. Starbucks was actually well, I mean, a company that like pivoted in the beginning. They were just selling coffee beans and then they decided this isn't going to be sustainable. So they switched it and made it like a, we're going to be a retailer and sell coffee and, as a, like a shop. Yeah, and ended up being successful, obviously. A ton of companies that you wouldn't even think about have pivoted in the past, right guys? Oh, there's so many that have pivoted. It's give me a, give me some examples, some some successful pivots. And then we'll can go into some unsuccessful pivots. A huge successful pivot, I guess, is Twitter. Oh yeah. Um, it was originally like a podcast, kind of like like an aggregate podcast community, and then iTunes kind of got into that field and basically shut down the company almost immediately. And they're like, we have two weeks for like a new idea, and they came up with an SMS, MS, like the text messaging communication platform. Platform, and then that kind of evolved into Twitter. Interesting. And now they're the multi-billion dollar company. So there you go. And what preferred communication of Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> preferred communication of our the leader of the free world. Thank you, Twitter. <laughs> Thanks for that, Thank Twitter. Thanks, Twitter. Um, and they gave him more characters, too. And Didn't they, um, Twitch do a similar thing? Yeah, Twitch was a, um, they had previously, Twitch started out as a company, it was a guy, it was called Justin TV, and it was um, a guy with a backpack, and they would film his entire life, and then <laughs> that didn't really work out, because people were getting bored, because your lives are super boring. So wait, 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 wait. what was he doing? 
He literally had like a giant, this was in uh, early 2000s mm-hmm. and he had a giant, he would walk around with a giant backpack on a camera. You know, this was before iPhones and he would just film his entire life and stream it and people would watch it. And oh, before but, like, GoPros? It was like, true. it's like the Truman Show. Your lives are really boring. So people would get really bored with that. And then they pivoted towards doing like like hosting other other streaming but they got into uh, doesn't do doesn't twitch do video games yeah so what happened was they got in trouble originally because people would be like streaming like pay-per-view movies and stuff like that and they were kind of getting in trouble for for what people were streaming and then they realized that the most popular thing that people were streaming were video themselves playing video games and then they pivoted and then they sold to amazon for like a few billion dollars so massive now yeah twitch is massive um but it started out with a guy in a back walking around but like your pivot doesn't have to be that dramatic like obviously and and i think a lot of the times people it's not even just for the sake of pivoting for like dramatic success like that i think companies need to keep in mind that you can have like minor pivots as the times change and as your clientele changes and it doesn't even have to be just with your base product i mean it can be with your company culture it could be obviously with your brand like it it never hurt i mean sometimes it does hurt to change everything up suddenly but you know it, it could also um bring more bring more attention to your brand when you change like that the biggest part of this is planning yeah i mean because don't you have any bad pivots yeah give us some bad pivots um there was this one bad pivot and i this is kind of the famous bad pivot <laughs> and why people are like that should be cautious in a way but like there's so many internet opportunities now that investors are willing to put in the money there was this company called color and it was designed to create a photo sharing app before it had a single user they had raised 41 million dollars from investors and they launched it and it attracted few so few users and had such a terrible user experience that it just it it went belly up it was not successful at all and they're still struggling to like they're still around they're like kind of trying to work with like I wait so what was their pivot they didn't really have a pivot they didn't pivot oh no. exactly so, they didn't <laughs> so no that. pivot is also a bad pivot yeah if you're <laughs> the lack of a pivot i know it, it's hard to say what a company should obviously you know when the stakes are super high like that it's obviously hard to say what a company should do because sometimes it shows that like there's people trying to figure out how yeah. to pivot mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it shows that people will eventually come. You just have to wait a little long, but like money runs out. That in regards to a startup, obviously these people should be pivoting. I mean, and there's also times where you try and pivot and your company still fails just because the luck was not in your favor and it is what it is. As far as like a smaller company is concerned and more like a client-facing company, you know, you don't have to, again, pivots do not have to be that dramatic. They, they can mm-hmm. be subtle pivots that help overall with the general workings of your company. And sometimes you pivot just to be relevant fresh get google yeah their whole chrome experience there was nothing wrong with the old chrome i mean yeah yeah they're also i mean they're also you know they're also avoiding like what is it which coca-cola right has rebranded yeah coca okay so coca-cola has had the same logo since 1885 when they launched their company because and they've been able to get away with this because when people think of coca-cola they think of the classic coke they think of tradition people a lot of people associate it with christmas time because of their christmas campaigns during the holidays the polar bears 
stores and everything. So they got lucky. And so, yeah, so they got lucky. But then when you look at Pepsi, the other popular cola drink, they've changed their brand or logo about 10 times, maybe more since they launched their company in the late 1800s. And that's essentially because their whole model is they want to market to like the young hip crowd and they want to be a more edgy, I guess, kind of drink. Yeah, they want to be like the hip soft drink. Yeah, how much of a foil they are for one another because like Coca-Cola really has like a place in American culture and like the American nostalgia. That's why the the color of like Santa's suit like green and because of Coca-Cola. Is that true? Yeah, because of Coca-Cola's like Christmas campaign. That's insane. That's why, that's where the red suit came from. I did not know that. That's crazy. See that there you go. That's like perfect branding right there. Because See, then, because Coca-Cola did such a good job branding in the in the beginning of their company, we know they no longer have to rebrand ever again. If, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And the other lesson on that, that's on true. that is if you're not on top, you have to keep striving to change. And that's Pepsi. Yeah, it's true, because Coca-Cola is just on top, I'm assuming. Um so there's no reason. Yeah, but Pepsi changes theirs up all the time. Yeah, that's because they're they're they they know they're who they're marketing to, which is the young hip crowd, you said. So those people are always changing. So they yeah. have to change with them. I don't know any young hip people that drink Pepsi personally. I mean, I feel like I really only know one person who is an adamant Pepsi drinker. I guess I would describe her as like somebody who wants to be rebellious. So I feel like that would make sense. I didn't even know people still drink soda. (laughs) See, I same. I don't people just drink kombucha now. No, I mean I think that the whole the whole Pepsi or Coke rivalry thing definitely feeds into Pepsi's business model and their marketing model because that gives them a reason. That sort of gives their crowd, I guess like if they do want to fall into the rebellious teen stereotype, then they would be they would rather drink pepsi than coke because coke is the traditional cola have you you ever noticed um this is just a side topic have you ever noticed how uh cigarette companies their their ads are very they're very hard to advertise now because they basically can't advertise for themselves anymore so like cigarette companies don't cigarette companies you need to pivot (laughs) go pivot to something else that would be a really interesting rebranding job to do yeah how do you rebrand cigarettes I mean, like, they need to just pivot. That's what they need to do. <laughs> Go into marijuana legalization or something. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe. But, like, they're, like, cigarettes are a perfect example. Your industry is dying. Like, that's a dying industry yeah. for a good reason. Like, cigarette industry should be dying. It's, they're bad for people. They make people die. So you shouldn't, at that point, should you should you try and like save your industry or should you change your company are they just going to invest in the the e-cigarette industry right like is that the is that the same with like the coal industry like coal is a dying industry too i feel like a lot of the tobacco companies kind of missed out on the e-cig industry because that's already been taken over by like jewel and all these other vape products yeah that's a huge industry right now you're right i mean that's like a multi-billion dollar company but you're no you're totally right that's that's where you know the cigarette companies should have pivoted to they Mm -hmm. should have gone to like vaping i think that maybe they could in the future migrate towards marijuana if it does become federally legalized because they already have obviously access to farmland if they could convert it to marijuana farms i have no idea what the logistics of that was like but if that were something that was possible you know something feasible then i think that would probably be a good route for them to take 
But like realistically, company like the tobacco companies, I feel like they're so set in their own ways that they're mm-hmm. not going to do that. They're well, they're not good on their thinking shit. Or looking into stuff like that. I mean, I hope so. I feel like for their I sake. wonder. I wonder if they are even thinking the the owners or the CEOs of these companies if they're even thinking about the societal impact of their companies and you know, like I wonder if any of them are thinking, let's just let the business die. I'm I mean, like realistically, you should. I doubt that. Yeah, but they're probably not because. People People like money yeah. but like you know that's 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 the conversation to have it's like should we let our company die because we're giving something bad to people or should we change to something better which is they yeah. have i mean i'm sure they, they probably have the money to do so it all goes back to the same conversation we had with the company that we helped and it's who are you marketing to what what type of message are you trying to put out there and that's that's the whole thing about the tobacco companies is they don't really need to change their message because no. young people really don't start smoking cigarettes anymore no. You know, they start smoking. Now we have this n- new problem with kids starting to smoke jewels and vapes and things and getting addicted to nicotine in that way. But as far as cigarettes go, it's mainly the older crowd anyway. So they're content with their nicotine addiction. They don't really need to be marketed to any longer. Yeah. But technically, you know, their clientele is dying in yeah, a sense. Literally. Like they're they're not going to be around for, if you know, give it a few generations and yeah. that'll probably be gone. But so, yeah, I mean, the, I'm going to live forever. You're going to live forever. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> You don't smoke cigarettes, Greg, right? You're not helpful. (laughs) You're not helping those companies, Greg. True. So cigarette companies, call us up. We'll rebrand for you. (laughs) (laughs) We'll help you pivot. We'll help you pivot, right? Yeah, so I think the other thing... So did you guys find anything about uh, company culture in your research? Because I think that's another thing that can be super helpful to companies. Well, I found that companies are more successful in their rebrands when they go directly to employees for feedback. Oh, um, interesting. And also clients. Yeah, too. We, We went to the employees... Yeah, because if you think about it, I mean, the employees have the best idea of what happens within the company. They're the ones that have to execute everything and they're the ones that have to deal with clients, etc. So they have the best idea of for one company culture and then also the customer experience as well. So if you talk to your employees, then you have um, a better idea of what your customers might want and also a better idea of what they don't like. There's actually a stat that says marketing messages reach 561% more people when they're shared by employees of a company because people oh, trust people who work for companies because if I work for a company and I don't like it I'm not going to tell people it's a great That's company I'm going to tell my friends that I hate this place yeah. and, you know I'm just here for a paycheck but if I really love the place and it's a great company culture and I believe in the product then I'll probably be super excited to tell everyone I know about it like you're not going to share something on your social media like on your LinkedIn or Facebook mm-hmm. if you don't you're not going to send people you know and love to your company if you don't trust your company yeah exactly so that's true i think that's kind of it's it's similar for like when you're pivoting because you need your uh, company to kind of all your members of your company to be on board when mm-hmm. you pivot and because if you don't have employee like retention rate that's part of the reason why pivots fail mm-hmm. very and true especially if you want to drastically change your idea you have not only investors but employees and clients who sometimes are very devoted to the original product yeah and so if you give them that clear idea like we're changing our idea we want your feedback on what it is then kind of helps guide and tra- make the transition a lot more smoother for the pivot and i think a lot of the times I- 
um, people don't want the client and employee feedback because <laughs> yeah. I think people can get a little, um, you know, nervous about it. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, I, I found that it's always helpful. Like even if something's negative, it's, it's still helpful. It requi- it requires negative is more helpful. Of it all. Yeah. And that's all part of the process because that's one of the steps that you have to go through with the people who are ultimately making this decision. They need to push aside their ego sometimes or some of the drawbacks or the restrictions that they may have put in place and, and open it up because it's really going to help you and your company. And I think that's why it's also, it can be helpful to use a third party um, like advisable because, you know, it, it it doesn't, it's not always easy to take a step back from your company and look at it and find right. all the things that need to be improved upon. So I think that's why that that's helpful that you have a, a another person that can like look at all of, look at the whole big picture and really figure out, take a step back and then zone back in on what needs to be focused on. Yeah. Just to go back to what we did, once we were finished with that whole process and we went and we created this website and aligned their brand with social media and stuff like that, then we started going to marketing, which was the next step in this rebranding phase. Yeah. that And that, that includes, you know, creating content and yeah, content marketing. Content marketing is, mm-hmm. is a big thing. Content marketing is also obviously exhausting for anybody that <laughs> doesn't have time to do content marketing. Oh, um, absolutely. So that's another good way of reason to hire a third party. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's again, one of those things that if pe- I think people don't think about too much. If you're not, it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. And we, we kind of notice too, that if you kind of keep in touch with your employee your clients more often more work will kind of come up if you if you kind yeah. of always make rem, remind them of you and and keep themselves keep yourselves in their minds and it's and it's yeah. all about putting your authentic self out once we found the authentic self of that company we were able to put it into their content marketing and basically align their brand with the customers that they're trying to serve. And it wasn't, I mean, ultimately, once we once we got the hard part out of the way, once we really were able to figure out exactly what the company was and what they were trying to do, I mean, the, everything else came pretty easily after that. Oh, yeah, um, it's a purely holistic experience. And, and it's really opening for the companies. Yeah, been a good. And I think, too, when you do open up that conversation um, about what they need to improve upon, I think that opens up a conversation about things that aren't even related to branding. They're related to culture and company culture and employee experience and things that just as a whole the the company needs to be to improve upon i think that these leave that for they leave at least that part of the conversation they don't have that conversation for long periods of time and i think that's where problems start when you're not constantly critiquing your company and really looking at what you need to improve upon oh yeah what we found is that it also energizes the company like you said a hundred percent yeah once you start going down this road you start to see all these other things that you want to change or make better and you just really get energized your employees get energized the company as a whole gets energized and your consumers are going to see that yeah and i think i think employees too want to be put on a more clear path as well so once once you set that path for them it's a lot easier for them to figure out exactly where they're going with it so you know they don't have to be guessing so much as what the kind of clients we should be reaching out to who they should be networking with it it makes it a lot more obvious um when you when you can spell it out for them obviously and and the big lesson here is that this is a living document your marketing and your branding is always going to be changing and you always have to be ready to pivot just like we mentioned yeah and you should never let it die and never let it go stagnant right one and once you do that then your consumers are going to also see that you may i mean you may be okay without it but the numbers don't really back that up yeah and and if yeah if you want to expand you got to put in the effort for your brand i think i just rhymed that (laughs) 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 yeah right it's the new slogan for this for this podcast if you want to expand you got to rebrand brought to you by advisable (laughs) i think i missed my calling 
uh, the Filipino radio voice. <laughs> <laughs>